Welcome back to Season 2 of the Verde Podcast. This season we are going deeper to explore the movement that is driving sustainability here in Illinois. Today we have Kat Benitez, who is the Director of Sustainability for Northwestern University in Evanston. Welcome, Kat. Thank you. Glad to have you. Happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> I used to live just a, f- a mile or two from here, and uh, it feels very familiar, and it's a beautiful time. September is a beautiful time to be in Evanston, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's right near the lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell me a little bit about Northwestern University and specifically the university. You've been here about three years and, and how the initiatives work here in terms of sustainability. Sure. Um, so Northwestern is a Big Ten, world-class world research institution. We have about um, anywhere between, I want to say now, 15 million square feet of space between the city of Evanston and the city of Chicago. We have a over 12 schools throughout. Oh. Um over 222 buildings, so there's a lot of footprint to cover, a lot of energy um, consumption, right? So we're a large energy user. Um, in terms of sustainability, um, two years ago, um, we basically rebranded our sustainability efforts at the university. Um, we felt that a lot of the initiatives were very siloed. Um, we had different initiatives going on at each of the schools. We have a number of sustainability student groups that are moving forward with different initiatives, and they just didn't feel like they had a home or the support that they needed from administration and facilities included. So sustainability sits within the Office of of Facilities. So we have access to drawings, to buildings, data, you name it, all assets that, you know, are very intriguing and um, useful for our students and faculty looking to research any new green initiatives. So um, what we've done is we've completely done away with an office, if you will. So we're not an office of sustainability. We're just sustaining you. We're a comprehensive, inclusive program, um, a sustainability program that supports faculty, staff, and our students. Um, they can plug in very easily and support any of what we're considering five program areas that touch on a number of key focus areas, if you will. Yeah, what are um, those five Sure. Um, So the built environment, um, which is primarily energy, renewable energy infrastructure, green infrastructure, uh, water, land, and our greenhouse gas emissions. Hmm. And then we have transportation. That's our second program. And that's looking at the way that our campus community commutes to and from campus. Um, It it looks at our cycling programs and amenities, as well as EV charging infrastructure. Um, then we have the third one is resource conservation, and that's waste reduction, you know, resource conservation, minimization, reuse, reduce, environmental preferable purchasing, mm-hmm. um, which is an area that we haven't quite undertaken, but it's part of that program, yeah. um, and sustainable food. And then we have the fourth program, that's experiential learning, and that's um, what we're considering our living learning laboratory for, prog- uh, for our students and faculty to just able to access information, right. data, assets to support their projects. Um, and then the last one is communications and engagement, and that's really providing the engagement, the outreach, and the awareness so that our campus community can stay plugged in with a lot of the sustainability initiatives that we have going on. Do you have uh, one or two of those that's like you're most passionate about, that you enjoy the most? Like, yeah. you wake up first thing in the morning thinking about and excited about? Well, I'm all about the built environment. Yeah. Um, I love energy management. I've been doing it for quite a while now. Yeah. Um, I can't say that I'm, I'm like, yes, let's let's deal with some kilowatt hours and some therms yeah. on a daily basis. But it's exciting to walk into a building that is inefficient and be able to identify a number of measures that, that are going to save an organization tons of money. Um, at the end of the day, that your bottom line counts, right? Yeah. And so, yes, you are making an impact. You are 
you know, help contributing to the solutions of climate change when you are improving the infrastructure and using less energy and, you know, ta less, you know, not tapping into the electrical grid as much as you would need to because you're improving your space. So to me, that's exciting. Did, does Northwestern pay for your, the electricity and like natural gas in all their buildings, or yes. some of them? We pay for all of it. Yeah, so it's um, centrally, and then it's kind of recovered through the units. Which at least it makes it easy to invest resources to make changes. You know, a lot of public universities may not, or public buildings don't pay for electricity. That's correct. And it's always tough for them to kind of get behind uh, sustainability initiatives that might have a good ROI because there is no ROI, right? right? So, right. exactly. Yeah. So, cool. And then is, um, I'm just curious, like, are there renewable, is there solar on, on any of your buildings mm -hmm. right now? Yeah? We, yes, we actually just installed our third. Cool. And I, would, I consider the second largest solar array on mm -hmm. campus, um, and that's the Ryan Field Arena that just opened up. We have about 100 and, I want to say, 50 kW capacity. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, so that's coming online. That's got to be in quarter. the top, like, what, 30 in the state for size on, on a rooftop? I, I, I can't quote, don't yeah. quote me on that. Yeah. I'll have to get back it to you on that It seems pretty big. But it's, yeah. it's pretty, uh, it really, it, when it, when you look at the building's total energy use, yeah. it's only offsetting about 5% of the building's yeah. energy use. Yeah. Just to, you know, put that into perspective for you. Yeah. Um, we do have a about 100 kW solar array at the Kresge Centennial Hall. Cool. Um, that is a lead platinum facility. Wow. Um, and then our first one uh, was, uh, I want to say it's a 20 solar array panel on the uh, Ford Engineering Building. It's very small. Is that here in Evanston? Yes, it, it they're is. all in Evanston. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we are looking at... Um, you know, our sustainability plan calls for the expansion of renewable energy sources on campus. Um, so we are exploring potential power purchase agreements mm -hmm. um, for larger behind-the-meter solar installations. So we're pretty much going to max out all of our rooftops wherever we have wow. the, the you know availability, and yeah. it makes sense in terms of you know direction. Yeah. Direction, newest roof. You don't want to put on like an old roof. Right. Yeah. And we're thinking we could maybe install about two megawatts of power. Yeah, that'd be with amazing. what we have available. Yeah. So all under a feasibility right now, but we're, we're looking into it. Yeah. So the university is fairly committed. We are this. committed. Yeah, yes. that's cool. So top down, the president has made this a priority. Great. Um, we are committed, and it's just a, a matter of... You know, what will it take to get us to that net zero by 2050, which is, has, has been our commitment, our public So commitment. net zero by 2050. 2050 is awesome. Yes, it's a huge challenge. Yeah. Um, very aspirational. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited that this year we're going to start our Climate Action Planning Committee. So even though we have a sustainability plan that covers these large focus areas, just to get the university focused and on the right path and, you know, start tackling the smaller grassroots efforts. But now we're going to be looking at, well, what does it take? How do we start modeling? Yeah. You know, what type of energy systems do we need? Or, you know, emerging technology to help us reduce our, our carbon footprint, our greenhouse gas emissions, essentially, to it's get cool. to that. It's cool to be here at Northwestern and think about, like, one of your labs here could be, like, designing the next PV cell that transforms the world. Like, that's, yeah. it's and, pretty cool. Yeah, and we do have ANSWER, um, solar fuel cells. It's, an, it's, a, mm. it's a unit that works on coming up with, cool. yeah, that type D of technology. Now, your net zero goal, does that include, so I just was reading a bit about California's net zero goal and how they're including nuclear power in that because it is a carbon-free form of a power generation. Do you guys include that in your planning? Because Illinois is pretty, I think we're about 40% nuclear here. 
It's it's a third, third, and third. So we okay. have like a third coal, third natural gas, some nuclear, and then like a four percent wind. Yeah, you know that's yeah. kind of like the breakdown of this of the state of Illinois, and you know we really can't control that mm-hmm. part of it. You know, we're kind of at the mercy of what the state decides to do in terms of regulation, sure. and, you know, phasing out those coal plants, and you know integrating more renewable energy. Um, but if we do move forward with this power purchase agreement, for example, um, the state of Illinois has rolled out an adjustable block program, which basically incentivizes um, solar installations at a, an affordable cost. Okay, cool. Um, where we would tap into that incentive, um, generate renewable energy from the, the solar panels, and right. have that kind of sold back to the the grid, mm-hmm. so that the grid can start to expand on that, on its renewable energy. Cool. Yeah. So you mentioned that from the top down, from the president of the university down, there's a commitment to sustainability. Do you tell me about some of the key, the different key stakeholders? I, I assume students are involved, and I assume faculty have some peripheral involvement. Mm-hmm. Like, who do you find to be the like on an individual initiative? We're talking like very big things right now, but like recycling or something like that. Who are the key stakeholders involved in driving that? And then how much do the students get involved here? Mm-hmm. So for each of the five program areas, we have working groups. We, the working groups consist of anywhere between 20 to 30 faculty, staff, grad, and undergrad students. Um, these individuals were very instrumental in identifying the objectives within the plan. Hmm. Um, so we met, we had tons of roundtable discussions, workshops, and what, you know, what other Big Ten Ivy League institutions were doing in terms of advancing sustainability. Yeah. And so we were taking all those best practices and breaking it down to, okay, great, these are very lofty and aspirational objectives, but what will it take to actually get there and who at the institution is going to support it, fund it, resource it? Yeah. So we had to do a lot of you know, workshopping, if you will. Um, and so we were able to pull in uh, key stakeholders from... For example, we have, for the communications and engagement program, we needed to work hand-in-hand with our, um, he was the executive director for community relations, and he's like our our liaison between the city of Evanston, Mm -hmm. as well as the government relations in the city of Chicago. We work with Jennifer Cundy, who's our government uh, relations executive director. So we're constantly pulling in individuals that, that, that's their primary responsibility at the university to help us connect with the larger world, their world, if you will, Um, as well as, for example, um, we have the executive director of procurement and payment services, so he sits on the resource conservation working group, and he's walking us through all the nuances of, well, if we turn off all these non, you know, environmentally friendly products from our procurement or vendor list, this is the impact it will have on the university. So even understanding what some of these strategies or actions, the impact that they would have on the community, um, that was very helpful. Just to have them at the table, sharing those you know, insights, those nuggets that we were completely overlooked because we we're just so gung-ho about making it happen. Yeah. But politically, you have to navigate, you know, the, the climate, the culture that, that you're working with. So. Well, I, I, w- I don't know for a fact. I've never worked at a big... I've never worked at a big company, period. But I've never worked at a big organization like this. But I imagine... If you really, even just one step forward, if it really alienates a, big, a large constituency of your, or like, it would really hurt future efforts, right? Like, right. you you have to kind of navigate that carefully and make sure people are on board. So mm-hmm. right. get rid of something like plastic water bottle, and you got to make sure you do it thoughtfully and carefully and, and understand it before or you might kill the next 
initiative you want to do. Exactly. Yeah. And what exact? Why do we have it in the first place? And who's funding that? And why is it being funded? Yeah. Right. You know, there's all the, and you can go down this rabbit hole of yeah. trying to figure out why. But, you know, that's why you're bringing those those stakeholders yeah. to to respond um, to the areas that would impact them essentially. Yeah. And the students are plugged in throughout. Yeah. Um, we're, we're we're supporting them. Um, last year, um, we had our first major experiential learning uh, project with our students and these students came from a number of different schools different trades and schools of thought and they came together to build um, a solar house a thousand square foot solar house that would compete in the Department of Energy's solar decathlon in Colorado and they won sixth place in a number of you know one places in different areas of the the contest whether it was marketing engineering or communications Mm -hmm. and so it was great to work with them and kind of provide them project management support, helping them understand how to review electrical drawings, how to navigate the permitting process with the city. That's exciting yeah. stuff. And that's yeah. that's that's what yeah, makes it worth it. What's the what's the breakdown Northwestern undergrad versus grad? Oh boy. We have about don't quote me on this. I can get back to it. Yeah. On that. Was it is it more graduate students or more undergrads? More under undergraduate and, students. And do you find undergrads are more engaged? I would think because they're probably here for a longer time period sometimes that they tend to be more engaged. Because Evans, you know, we have the residential life at the city mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the Evanston campus. We have more engagement with them. They live here, you know. Mm-hmm. Chicago, it's off site for the most part, um, and it's mostly grad grad yeah. students. Yeah. So a lot of the activity happens here. At the yeah, for sure. Campus. I would imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you guys own? Do you own the hospital as well, or that's a different? We do not. You do not. Yeah. Is there one downtown that is owned by the university? Or not it's affiliated. Different? Okay, not affiliated. Okay. Yeah. Very right. different. Okay. Very good. Because that that would be a whole different animal to try to sort out. Um, it would be exciting yeah. to have into healthcare, yeah. but no, not yeah. a, not part of our portfolio. Yeah, twenty four hour operations would be cool. Right. You know. Exactly. Yeah. So, but I'm sure you got plenty of billies that. Oh yes, I mean, two hundred and twenty two. You can see this. It keeps keeps yeah. up busy. <laughs> yeah. And, and I would imagine all of them have common area lighting that's on 24 hours a day and that there's people kind of, yeah. it's probably very difficult to try to do energy management because some people come in late at night and they got to have, mm-hmm. you know, it must be an exciting opportunity, you know. Lots of challenges. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And when you have, you know, an air handler unit serving five floors and you have the one PI that needs to work at nighttime. Yeah. But you have to turn it on, the air conditioner. Yeah. And pretty much condition those entire floors for that one office space. Yeah. And you can't isolate that because yeah. it's it's an old building. It's the way that it's set up. You don't have, you know, those the ability to just cut off and, you know, permentalize where the air goes. Do you have any steam heat on campus? Yes. Uh, steam heat is, Large like, fascinating steam distribution to me. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And is that, I mean, I don't know much about this, but I'd assume that's highly efficient is for, or is it not? I, I don't know. Well, we generate our steam from gas, so it's it's a pretty clean source. I yeah. Would say. Are there leaks? Through? I remember in my undergrad, I remember there was always like hot spots in the grass, and you were like, "Well, there must be a leak in the steam system mm-hmm. right there." So. Yeah, we have a, a robust steam trap replacement repair and replacement program, mm-hmm. um, and we've saved millions of dollars by having that in place. Um, yeah. And we do have our, our director of engineering uh, um, of operations. Um, he's, you know, on it, mm-hmm. making sure that. There are no heat losses throughout the distribution system. Yeah. I, yeah. I just think um, sometimes the way we did things 100 years ago was better than the way we do them now in terms of energy usage, right? And I don't know for a fact, but I feel like steam is one of those ones where it was a pretty highly efficient thing when it was well-optimized. Mm-hmm. Um, but it must be 
I mean, obviously you can't just interlope a air conditioning system on top of it, right? So you then have to think totally from the drawing board, create something mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I always find myself thinking about this and, and I don't know much about the university here, but what are the personalities that would block an initiative? Like if, if you got really excited and the students and the president was on board with an idea, are there certain stakeholders like the tent, like the CFO or like the city of Evanston that tend to kind of like, are there different people that just tend to be like, like tend to lean towards ob- objecting to ideas and change? Hmm. I- I'll tell you this. Um, every institution will have its competing priorities, right? There are a number of programs happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. And what, what I would hope, what we would hope is for sustainability to be a part of that, 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 function, that master plan, whether it's residents' life is thinking of completely rehabbing their spaces, we would hope that sustainability is a part of that fabric, that it's just a natural thing for them to think about, well, let's make sure that our our new buildings are are green and environmentally friendly and they they provide a a built environment space that's healthy for our our students. Um, And uh, in in the same vein, when we're thinking of procuring good services, we would hope that we would partner up with the most environmentally conscious individuals, you know, that mm-hmm. are offering these services. Um, but, you know, there's always going to be a challenge. There's always going to be something that's hitting a top priority for the institution, and whether it's the board of trustees driving it, um, right. whether it's, you know, finance. You know, right now we're in a very um, lean era um, when it comes to our finances, and so I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of things that we'll need to be vetted and we'll need to understand other um, financing mechanisms to move forward with initiatives that maybe don't require out-of-pocket, you know, immediate out-of-pocket expense, but it can still be done, whether it's a utility incentive or a program that allows for your energy savings to pay for, this is an example, um, the project um, for hardware or software that would allow you to save additional money, energy, and so forth. I don't know if that answers the question. No, it does. Do you, do you find that, that there's a lot of things within your role that you can do that is like a cash flow positive thing for the university, like that you can move towards a green initiative, just might have been overlooked, and all of a sudden it, it really is a win-win financially? Mm-hmm. Or do you tend to have to think of it as like a sunk, like you have to invest some money to wait to recoup it? Mm-hmm. Right now we're working on um, transitioning our – this is new hmm. – <laughs> um, Basically, we want to be able to, to show our constituents all the buildings. The building, each building has a, if you, a building manager, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to be able to expose them to their energy use. In doing so, we would hope that that would incentivize them to, to conserve, um, to help us roll out more more green initiatives mm-hmm. um, that may not require much, and it all may be a simple: Did you turn off the lights in that space? You know, yeah. do you have plug loads that? Don't need to be on twenty four seven. Just basic behavioral changes, um, and we can start there, and that doesn't cost much. And all it does, all all it takes, is for you to see, have some transparency, understand what you're looking at. I mean, you pay your bill at home. Right. It, you have an incentive to reduce your costs at home. Right. And you know we're at, we're in a point where I don't think we've ever had an opportunity to share all that information. Um, you know audited normalized information now right. we've gone we've gone through the auditing phase we understand what meters serve what right. and now we can share hey um mccormick for example here's how much energy the techno technological institute is using here's what you can do to help us conserve 
Yeah, once you have that baseline data, there's a million ways you could address it. You know, bonuses or some kind of competition between the buildings or... Exactly. Yeah. The only downside is you got to be careful with the building that uses the least, right? Because they're going to be like, oh, well, I guess I could leave the lights out a little bit more or turn the AC up a little more. We're using so little. Exactly. So you got to shield them. We have to come up with some incentive, right? To continue the, the, you know, the good work, the good behavior. That was that old power information they used to send out like smiley faces back in the day. And they found that... I mean, I've just heard this anecdotally, but people in the top 20% that were very efficient mm-hmm. would get the information, would actually start using more because the data told them that they were way too good. So they had they learned to only send it to the underperformers or the people in the metrics that would mm-hmm. respond to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I get that at home, and I was like, oh, man, my neighbors, there's like, I'm only in the 40th percentile. Like, what can I do more? And so it does drive you, but if I were in the top 5%, mm-hmm. When my wife and I would argue about air conditioning at night, like I'd probably lose that battle, and I'd have less, you know. Mm-hmm. The, I'd be like, the, she'd be like, the data's there, you know, right. we could do it. Right. So, um, and if you just take it further and and demonstrate, and these are the benefits that it, you know by doing this, mm-hmm. the benefits that our environment is reaping, or you know, we're, yeah, yeah, for sure. What what would you say is your in your time here at Northwestern? What is your like biggest win that you feel most proud of as far as the work that you've done here? Uh, well, we've, we've had some significant wins in the last two years. Um, the program was widely accepted. We still have a long way to go. Um, you know, we sit through student fairs and roundtables. And, and even though we push out newsletters and we're in your face and the brand is everywhere, you know, there's still the one or two people that, that haven't heard of it. And so we still need to do some more social, socialization of what we're doing throughout the university. Um, so that it gets to the students. Um, but, you know, just last year we won um, Energy Star Partner of the Year. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and that was huge. Yeah, that's amazing. It took us three years to get there, but we got wow. there. Um, and it just, you know, it speaks to our commitment to energy management, our commitment to improving yeah. our infrastructure and reducing our energy um, consumption. And not only that, but engaging our communities, internal and host communities, Um I remember seeing that somewhere. I don't remember who I what was that I saw. It was like a, I don't know, an airline or a Coke or so. I don't. Somebody who had won that, and I was like, "That's amazing!" Like I didn't. I never even heard that Northwestern won that, which is mm-hmm. like what a great leadership thing for the city. And we, yeah, absolutely. And so now we're part of a number of other big corporations, institutions, yeah. manufacturing companies, yeah. you name it. That top brands that are doing amazing work to help improve improve our environment reduce our you know our carbon footprint in general um and it, it was 14 years since an, another higher ed institution really so it's been a long time wow so hopefully this opens the floodgates for other yeah. higher ed institutions to who to, was the to, one 14 or 15 years ago do you remember university of missouri virginia those are the two that come to mind. Yeah, that's cool. 2004 or something like that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I'm asking you tough questions today, so keep it on your toes. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Um, Gotta go back. <laughs> the I, uh, you know, you were saying earlier about how the the redoing a lot of the dorms, and I guess I find myself thinking that universities are complicated because there's a lot of places like money comes in the door, there's donors, and there's but like really your customers, your clients are like students, Our right? Students. And so when they're touring, when they're, you know, seniors in high school, or I don't even know if kids start touring mm-hmm. now when they're junior high or however early, but they come and they see these amazing, like, new LEED certified mm-hmm. dorms, it, it must really provide a lot of value at, like, bringing people in the door and wanting to be here. Yes. Um, and it's it's such a, you know, I, I think we have our time quantifying that of how do we, 
how do we take that data and communicate it mm -hmm. to both your president, but then the rest of the universities of, look, this had an effect, like our, our you know, enrollment is up or our students are happy or things like that, mm -hmm. um, which is, anyways, that's. Yeah. No, and I to that point, one of our objectives or our actions within our experiential learning program was to start uh, surveying incoming class with a, some kind of sustainability mm -hmm. literacy quiz, survey, something, yeah. and then at exit, have them take it again and mm -hmm. to see their growth and learning experience mm -hmm. throughout the, their, their tenure here, just to see the impact that the program had or the university at yeah. large. So. But we're not there yet, but yeah, I mean, there's so much for you to do. You there, could, there's so much. <laughs> you could work, yeah, 24 hours around the class. You see why it's exciting? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, you're always there's yeah. always something to do. I'd have to be careful not to listen to a podcast like this or like think about this like at night. Like I'd have to like because I wouldn't be able to sleep. I'd be so excited about all the ideas. So that was probably the night before I started working. Yeah, all the things I need, I wanted to do. Yeah. 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 Well, it's cool. It's a cool opportunity, and I I, I can't remember. If I, I think I mentioned this before. We started the interview, but this would have been like my dream job. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, I mean, if I would have had the opportunity, even today, I'd quit my job and come take it. It's mm -hmm. such a you're in such a very like cool job, you know, mm -hmm. in my opinion. So I, I might be biased. No, right? I so. I'm going to agree with you. I I love my job. It's easy to wake up. Yeah. <laughs> cool. What do you think? Uh, so I just want the last thing I want to talk about is solar, specifically in Illinois. And I know you talked a little bit briefly about the university, but. Uh, what do you think the landscape is like for Illinois? What do you think will will happen in the next five, six years here mm -hmm. locally? Well, I think with this adjustable block program and solar for all, which is incentivizing mm -hmm. um, more installations for community building, um, just for individuals that maybe couldn't afford it, um, even for us, I think there's going to be a, a huge... Um, upheaval of it and we're going to have a lot of installations over the next couple I mean within the next two years even yeah um, and we're going to see our electrical grid start running on more renewable energy so we can reduce that coal percentage yeah um, that, I mean I, that, I'm sure we all hope to see that um, but I think Illinois is moving in that direction have you seen one thing I always think about with um, new markets? I mean, I think solar is a new market here in mm -hmm. Illinois. It's it's been around in California and other places mm -hmm. a lot more. Um, do you have you noticed like that? There's more vendors or there's more marketplace development. There's more like. Do you think it's getting more depth here locally because of the these yes. incentives? I, I I believe so. Good. Yes. And and you just say you just put one live. We did. Yeah. Yeah. And when did that start? Like, when did the decision get made, and how long did it take until it actually got, like, brought online? Well, it just got brought on. It's still, we're, we just installed it. Yeah. Um, so, we're still commissioning the system. But when we released a sustainability plan, I, I mean, the university was very much committed to sustainability, mm -hmm. reducing our carbon footprint, and this just seemed like the most logical step. As we're looking at new infrastructure, new buildings, do we have the ability to install a solar array? And with with that space, if mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen it, it's pretty enormous. Yeah. Um, we pretty much tapped out all the space that we could on that rooftop. Um, Sustain and you funded a portion of it, and then the project funded the other portion of it. So cool. it is 
self-owned. We, we, we funded it ourselves. Yeah. Um, but we realize that's not a sustainable financial model because they are costly and the return sure. is not as fast as you'd hope. You're yeah. looking 18, 20 years out. Yeah. Right? When you're only offsetting 5% of that building's energy use. But you are still doing the right thing. And eventually you, you add all these small systems mm-hmm. together and you'll have an impact. I'm curious, uh, is it possible, and I don't know if it's even legal, but like could a donor donate, like own the system and then get the tax benefits of it, and then you guys benefit the electricity, or is that? That is, um, th- that's, that's that's similar to like a power power purchase yeah, agreement. Sort of, yeah, There are these nuances and different yeah. ways to go about it, but that's an option. Yeah. That is an option. Because I know churches do that, like little nonprofits will do that. Mm-hmm. Because that 30% tax credit is pretty significant. It is. Um, I mean, we may not, as a not-for-profit, be able to, but... If you have someone, you know, paying for it right. and kind of you're in this agreement where they incorporate that credit into yeah. your unit cost or whatever you're going to end up paying, yeah, there, there are ways around that. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I th- I'm not 100% sure you're probably much more fluent with this, but I believe that the recs that you would be available for here would be higher to offset that kind of federal tax credit loss, I think, but I'm not 100% sure, so... Hmm. At least that's the way I understood it was designed initially, that the recs for small business versus, like, low income are higher than, a, like, a small business because they can't afford, they would have a harder time paying for the hmm. uh, the recs. So that's what I understood. But, hmm. um, so cool. And then, so you think the, like, power purchase agreements or other creative financing will play a bigger part in your future raise? I think so. Yeah? I believe so, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Well, Crossing I, my fingers. We hope it checks out. I will. I will love to check back with you in a year or two and see sure. how that's going. So, yeah. thanks for so much for taking the time. I know you've got a million things to do, and you're super thanks. excited <laughs> and busy. Uh, and so, I can't wait to share this with uh, our listeners. Sure. Thanks. Hopefully, it was informative, and happy to answer any other questions you may have. Okay. Yeah. Appreciate it. All Thank right, take you. Take care.